0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 11 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading our show today. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, this is the second of two huge shows coming your way today with a couple of rising stars in Australian age swimming at the moment. These are names you will want to be remembering over the next few years and this one is with Melbourne superstar Gabriella Pinegar. I really enjoy having the age group swimmers on the podcast. They're always excited to be a part of it. I'm always excited to be able to shine a light on how talented these guys really are. And you guys should be excited that the future of Australian swimming is in good hands. So get ready to hear from one of the future superstars of the Australian swim team, one of the new Dolphins team members in the future, as episode 11 with Gabriella Pinegas starts... No. Take your away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a meter on Ben and Hoon's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Phantom Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's shot him. Joining me today on the show is one of Australian swimming's fastest rising stars. She's a three-time individual medalist from last year's Aussie Age Championships. She's a two-time medalist from the 2019 Junior World Champs in Budapest with her relay teams. It is a very big welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast to Gabriella Peinegar. How are you, Gabriella?
1: Good, thank you. How are you, Robbie?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Now, listen, I've got to let the, the listeners in on obviously what we were talking about, because it does sound very um, disrespectful that I'm laughing as I'm saying your name, but we were just talking before we started about how to pronounce your, your last name. And as I was saying it in my head, I was stuffing it up. So yes, I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, that's all right. I've heard a lot of variations of it. So it's all right.
0: <laughs> now, mate, for all the listeners out there who, who don't know you, whereabouts have we caught you today? Where are you?
1: Um, I am in Melbourne in Hampton, sitting in my bedroom on this call. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. what's, what's it like down there at the moment, mate? Cause I know obviously uh, you guys are in lockdown again, down in Melbourne. It's all happening down there. How you been?
1: Yeah, it's a bit intense. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a bit more sunny today. Cause it's been pretty freezing down here. So mm. it's been all right, but yeah. <laughs> It's a bit and
0: you, yeah, and you guys are, luckily for you, still allowed to keep training. So even though everything's in lockdown, you, you aren't blocked out of the pool again, are you?
1: Yeah, um, depends if we go into stage four. But if we're in stage three, yeah, there's a select group of us that get to actually swim MSAC, so I'm really thankful for
0: that yeah yeah Still now mate after your you know awesome experience last year at junior world champs over in Budapest you would have been buzzing for for this year you know obviously uh, the Olympics were on and you would have been able to go to the trials for that no doubt and it would have been your first year at sort of open um, national championships but that all got canned how, how did that um, affect you mentally how did you deal with that?
1: Uh, I was really excited for it. Um, If it was going to go ahead, like I was really, really excited because I love racing and I would get to see all my friends from other states. And it was quite upsetting when it got cancelled. But I guess it was for the best. (laughs) Just initially quite upset because I was really looking forward to it. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Initially I think, yeah, you I, I think everyone was the same, mate. Initially everyone was like depressed and, and <laughs> devastated about it. And then they realized okay, well there's a, a bigger picture at play here. It's not just about swimming, it's, <laughs> it's 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 you know, about everybody's uh health. Um, you know, with the the COVID nineteen and, and all all the shutdowns and stuff like that, what did you get up to when you, you couldn't get to the pool? How did you stay active?
1: Um uh, MLC actually had a, a few teams calls. So we were doing a lot of, um, gym and running and cycling at, all on like a team call. So we could still kind of keep a bit fit. I don't know whether I kept that fit, but, um, <laughs> cause I kept doing ISO baking and all of this different stuff, trying new things, which was quite fun. Um, I learned how to make pasta. So that was well, pretty nice. cool.
0: What did yeah, you bake? What did you, what were some of your favorite things to bake?
1: Oh, um, for my eighteenth birthday, my me and my mum, my brother, we all made uh, crock and bush, mm-hmm. like a lot of profiteroles, which were really cool. So yeah. that was interesting.
0: And they went down all right. They were well received. People were happy with with what you put together.
1: Yes, it was very, very good. But yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm happy for you, mate. Now, you're back in the pool now, obviously. Was it easier or harder that that sort of first week back? How did you feel when you first got back in?
1: Uh, When I first got back in, I honestly did not know what to expect. I thought I was going to be pretty shocking, um, be really unfit, but it was actually surprisingly okay. Um, My speed was still pretty good, but aerobic, wow, that really wasn't very good when I got back in.
0: And the coach looked after you, though, did he? Didn't, you know, start smashing you too early, let you build yourself back up?
1: Yeah, we, Nick uh, thankfully gave us some sets that were a little bit easier. Um, it started to creep up a little bit in like a effort, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, was, it was getting gradually harder, so it wasn't too bad.
0: Now, mate, mean, I, what I like to do on this show is, um, and take all the guests back to where they first started. And for you guys, the age group swimmers, we don't have to go that far back because you guys aren't that old. As you said, you've just turned 18. So don't have to go too far back, but you know, what are the earliest memories for you of, um, you know, being in the pool and what really attracted you to towards swimming?
1: Um, I, w- even when I was a little kid, I always really loved the water and I would always watch my brother swimming And when he was younger and just watch how he'd do it. And then I'd get in and, you know, give it a go, fluff around a little bit. And then we would do like little road trips with my family up to a country meet in Ballarat. And I always really, really loved that because it was all of us together going on little road trips and swimming. And it was, it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was
0: more about enjoying it rather than the results of it all. You're just enjoying the experience.
1: Yeah, it was really, really fun. I just, I loved to, sw- loved to swim when I was younger. So just being able to do it was really good. And I really just loved the feel of the water and yeah.
0: What about outside of swimming, mate? Did you get amongst any other sports?
1: Yes, I did a few sports. Um, I did gymnastics, which was pretty intense, but it was so fun. Um, and I also did basketball. So oh, Nice. Yeah. Well, how
0: long did you do, say, gymnastics for? When did you stop that?
1: Um, I think I stopped when I was, uh, maybe 12 or 13, I think. Yeah.
0: Would you say that the gymnastics has helped your swimming a little bit as well?
1: Yes. Um, definitely still quite flexible, which is good. So makes like underwater kicking and stuff a little bit easier. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about heroes, mate? Who did you look up to or who do you still look up to in terms of, might not even be swimmers might be people outside of that but who sort of inspires you
1: um when i was younger i really looked up to stephanie rice um and i actually got to meet her this year so that was really cool um yeah she was just really amazing and a really amazing imr so yeah i really just looked up to her cuz i didn't really know what stroke i wanted to do when i was younger so the fact that you could do it all do all four it was kind of cool so mm.
0: Yeah. Now, how did you go when you met her? Because I know a lot of people, when they meet their idols, they stumble, they bumble across their words. I know for me, anytime I've got someone on the podcast that I've idolized, I talk really fast and I stumble across things. And it's not until halfway through the interview I kind of relax. <laughs> how did you go meeting her?
1: Um, well, it was on the National Fly Camp. And so we we're in a big group. And I was just, I think I asked so many questions. Um, cause I just want, yeah, <laughs> I asked a few questions in front of the group and yeah, she was just so genuine and so nice. So yeah.
0: Awesome. It's always good when your idols are, are really nice people and, um, you know, good to get to know outside of the swimming world. You know, you see them as a person rather than an athlete, um, you know that yeah. doesn't always happen there are sometimes you meet people and you're like oh that's not what i expected but <laughs> when when it happens uh yeah it, it is very nice now what do you enjoy most about swimming is it you know the training with your mates is it you know being a part of a team is it the competition side of it what what do you enjoy most
1: um i really like the social side of swimming so meeting new people and it also gets to take you a lot of places so like especially with racing i love to race and i just it's really really fun and you just meet a lot of new people along the way when you're racing it new competitions going into state or going somewhere else it's just so many new people that you get to meet and just expand your friends and mm. <laughs> really like that side of it
0: well i know you enjoy racing though mate but surely along the way to age 18 you've you've stumbled across challenges, struggles. Um, you know, a lot of people who are trying to make qualifying times for nationals or maybe even state doesn't have to be at that level have to deal with nerves for competition or okay. executing race plans. You know, they constantly going out too hard. So they're falling in a heap at the back end of a race. What have you struggled with, you know, um, over your swimming so far?
1: I really struggled with pressure and nerves as well. So I, I actually prefer to race like really relaxed and calm and actually not focus too much on the race. Cause then I would suck myself out and get really nervous and overthink what I meant to do. So it's kind of just, I really struggle with finding a way to relax and just like staying calm in the marshalling room and not trying to overthink each step of what my race plan is. And I think me and Nick finally figured out how to do that and just stay comfortable and relaxed but still execute a race plan because I actually do go out quite fast and then it kills me in the back end. But, yeah.
0: It is a tricky balance though, isn't it? We hear quite often people say, oh, you know, I've got to try and stay relaxed. I can't think about it too much. But if you do go completely the opposite way and you don't think about it at all and you get behind the blocks and you're not actually thinking about what you're doing, you end up forgetting certain things that you're supposed to be doing. So it's, it's hard to find that balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I usually look up, I'm actually not thinking that much before the race. I actually look up at the board to make sure that I'm going to be swimming the right stroke. (laughs) Um, So, because I don't want to get disqualified. Yeah, yeah, so I generally try not to think about it too much. Just keep it in the back of my head and just go and give it a crack and not too many expectations on myself. And Mm. yeah
0: the biggest one for me as a coach is um trying to explain to swimmers who are just sort of coming up into the gold squad about easy speed because it just doesn't make sense to the doesn't make sense to them you know we're talking about okay we're gonna go that first 25 just easy speed and they're like so you want me to go easy no i don't want to go easy when you you know but so yeah that's i get what you mean it's just finding that balance isn't it of yeah you know, getting it right. It's not always easy. Um, mate, talk to me about some of your favorite events to race in the pool. You, um, you do cover quite a fair few as I was going through your results from last year's age nationals. What are your favorite ones though?
1: Um, I definitely love the hundred fly and the 200 IM. They're really, really good races and yeah, I, They're not too far either. I don't think I could do a 200 fly. I might just (laughs) sink a little bit in the back end. But, um, yeah, they're just really fun and you don't have to go, well, yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I know what you mean. What about for the 200 IM, obviously, it is still 200, but because it's constantly chopping and changing, do you find it goes a bit quicker?
1: I think it does. It goes a lot quicker because you're constantly changing strokes and – You can just, it's just not as far as a 400 I am. So it's just, it's a lot easier. And plus, yeah, I basically sprint a little bit of each stroke. but then you've also got to stay a little bit relaxed in the first half. So so you You
0: can't max out your legs on that first 50 of (laughs) flight. Otherwise you're going to be in a world of pain on that last 50 of freestyle.
1: Yeah. But I tend to go out a little bit faster because my breaststroke is not the best. Mm. And so everyone would catch up there. And then I've only got one stroke
0: left, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the beauty of the IM, isn't it? I think even for someone, you know, watching on the side, even if I didn't have anyone in, in that event, I'd love to watch it because it is such a, a game in terms of, okay, you know, there's your flyers and your, your as They're out in front. But just because they're leading at halfway doesn't mean they're going to be leading at the end of the, the third mm. 50 because once breaststroke kicks in, as you said you know, you might be struggling with it, but there might be a gun breaststroker in that race is just flying straight through.
1: Yeah. I definitely think if you're good at breaststroke in an IM, you've really got an advantage because it's definitely a hard stroke to master. So yeah, I definitely think it's pretty hard because you could, yeah, you could be winning at the start, but not could fall
0: a bit behind at the end yeah absolutely it is a tricky one to get through now i want to get stuck into last year's age nationals because you killed it you came away with three individual medals as i said plus some relay success as well i think you got gold in the hundred fly correct me if my research is wrong here but you got gold in the hundred fly gold in the 200 im which is probably why they're your favorite events (laughs) um silver in the 200 freestyle as well now, before we get to that meet itself, I, I'm always interested in when people have a really good meet and a sort of a standout meet, you know, what led to that? How was training for you leading up to that? You, you know, did you have a great block where you were just fit, healthy, you didn't miss any sessions, you know, you didn't have time away. What, what went so right for you? I don't know, we're casting our mind back a year and a bit, um, but yeah, what went so right for you last year? Do you think that you got those results?
1: Um well I moved clubs before States. So I think I moved in September. So I moved that's when I moved to MLC, I think. Yeah. And so I had a different coach, a different atmosphere, and um I guess you you become more fresh with like you get all of your new mentality and just a different way of training. And I started training more fly individually. So um That really helped my 100 fly because I used to be a backstroker. So, yeah, I just, I didn't miss that many sessions and I was really kind of focusing on more of my technique and less of the outcome and just trying to remove as many expectations as I could.
0: Mm. so was so a bit of a fresh start for you as well there was a new perspective you were learning new things but you're also buying into them too it wasn't just that you were learning like oh that's interesting i've never heard that before you were like oh i really like that and you took it on board and, and really fed it into how you thought
1: yeah and i also needed to go on a diet because i needed to lose a little bit of weight to get to my race weight and find out where what weight i race best at and yeah
0: so yeah, you say a you go of- on, a, on a diet, that's interesting to me in terms of like, was it nutrition wise that there were certain things that you were having that you shouldn't have been with certain things that it might not have even been that it might've been certain things that you weren't having that you needed to be having?
1: Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things that I should have been having and I wasn't. So I don't... I, generally love salads, but I don't love like, you know, your broccoli and your asparagus. I don't and think you're alone there, those. Mate. <laughs> Really, I've had a few people that love them. So yeah, I don't really like those. So I generally just go more for a salad. Um, and I just wasn't eating enough red meat. So my iron was really low.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I didn't have a lot of energy. Uh, yeah. And then it's just changing my portion sizes. And when I was eating mm. was also a bit off. So yeah. yeah.
0: No, and I'm yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, as I said, I find it interesting because do a lot of people do, I guess, tend to talk about it as as weight and racing weight and and what they're eating, but to me, mm-hmm. it's just fuel for your body, and it's it's not you know, it's just what works best for you. So as you said, it wasn't that um, you know you were probably too big; it was just you weren't having things that you probably should have been having,
1: mm-hmm. and then all of
0: a sudden, you started to your body gave you a much better response because you were feeding it the right.
1: It, Energy. Another way yeah.
0: I always say, yeah, you know, putting the right petrol in the car.
1: Yes, yes. That's how my nutritionist said to think about it. And it's not about taking the foods that you love out of your diet, it's more about just having maybe a smaller portion or something like that, or eat it at a different time. And yeah.
0: Yeah, finding the right balance, which is something as a coach, I find very, very, very hard. But luckily, I don't have to get up and do a hundred fly mate so I make it. Let's do as I say, not do as I do. Um, <laughs> now, was there a standout swim for that week? I, I, as I said, you, you, you won the hundred fly, you won the two hundred IM, silver in the two hundred free. You also had some other great results, by the way. You know, I'm not downgrading those they just weren't medal medal winnings but for you they might have been great swims as well and obviously relay success what were some of the standouts that week
1: um I actually really loved the 100 fly I really wasn't expecting that um yeah I really tried my all because the 100 fly and the 200 am were on the same day and I didn't have much of a break between the two but Hundred fly was definitely a standout for me because you wasn't cracked really... the
0: minute too. You went fifty nine, didn't you?
1: Yeah, fifty nine one four, I think. Yeah, it that was really really surprising. I didn't know how fast I was gonna go, but just give it a crack, you know, just have a go, and. Yeah, that was the result. And I looked back and I was like, oh my God, I just did that. So that was pretty good. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Did you killed it? Now, talk to me about, you know, a massive program because you you had to deal with a pretty big program that week. And it's always interesting to me when someone does so well in a lot of events. To me, as a coach, it means you're doing a lot of the right things away from the pool. You're recovering right. You're warming up when you need to. You're eating when you need to. You, you're ticking all the boxes along the way. How important was that for you and was that something you are old enough now that you can do sort of on your own or did your coach have to sometimes tip you off and go, hey, listen, have you, you know, eaten enough yet? Have you drunk? Have you recovered enough or are you old enough now that you've got that covered?
1: Um, I usually take naps in between like heats and finals and stuff. So I would obviously do that between my races because I do get quite tired and generally just eating a lot of carbs and protein in the middle of, Um, the sessions and mainly just stretching and trying to keep really relaxed and not be like tensed in my muscles but yeah warming up and cooling down I'm probably not the quickest at getting in and out of the warm-up and cool down pool so (laughs) is that because are you chatting
0: too much because I know you said there you like to meet people and you like to have a chat is that why you're in there for too long
1: yes i'm usually in there i'm usually getting in there late into the cool down pool and yeah i'm usually chatting a little bit and don't really want to get in but then once i'm in i just try and do as much as i can before the next race and make sure i get home at a good reasonable time
0: hey talk to me about your coach nick as i said you train now at mlc um you know you've only been there what now for what what's this been two years a year and a half
1: i think almost two years yeah so. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Nick's an amazing coach and I think he really understands me well and how I like to be trained and yeah, he kind of just opened my eyes to more of the data and stats that I needed to focus on in training as well. So like times that I should be hitting in training and, um, we had a lot more like aerobic things like A1 and A2 and A3 and threshold and stuff. And I had no idea what they were when I moved. So just looking at different times and trying to pace myself a little bit more. So I didn't cook myself pretty much in training. Yeah. And yeah, just opened my eyes to a lot of things that I wasn't thinking about before. And then I was thinking about when I moved.
0: Yeah. And it is important, isn't it? Because so often, especially in an aerobic set, you know, someone's, we, we say as a coach, and you know, I want this done at A1 or A2, they come in working hard, feeling like they're killing it. And I said, what's your heart rate? And it comes back as like, you know, threshold. I'm like, well, that's too fast. They're like, What the, what do you mean? It's too fast. And, and then you, you know, you explain the, you know, why we're doing things. So yeah, that's obviously good that you, you know, you've got a good understanding of that now.
1: Yeah. I mean, my heart rate is still probably a little bit too high because I do have a pretty high heart rate, but, um, yeah, it's good to know like my times and how fast I'm meant to be going and my stroke counts that I'm meant to be doing. And so that was actually really helpful. So, yeah.
0: Now, a lot of swimmers have favorite sessions of the week and they have least favorite sessions of the week. So ones that they spring out of bed for or they're super excited to go and see and there's some that drag their feet and they've already got their heads down and you're like, oh, no, they're not happy to be here. For you as a swimmer, what are your favourite sessions of the week that you really look forward to just ripping in with? And what are the ones that you're like, oh, man, I really don't want to be there today?
1: Uh, probably Monday morning because that's a I really don't like going to that session because it's a long aerobic and a lot of kick. So generally don't love those sessions. Mm. Um, but a lot of the speed sessions, so like short, fast speed is really good for me i really love those sessions and even if they're a little bit harder they are so so good and like a saturday morning is always really good and like i think it's a tuesday and thursday morning usually that we do speed so yeah
0: well now what's a tough set for you obviously and take away the boring part of it because i know an aerobic session you're gonna be like oh i'm so over this that's not tough that's just mentally draining i get that what when what what are some of the toughest sets where you're just you know, you're puffing, maybe even you're feeling like you're going to vomit.
1: Um, we did this set actually not that long ago, where it was uh, two fifties max, and then we did three ones at threshold, and that was our recovery, um, which wasn't really a recovery, but yeah. um, that was very, very tiring. And you would just finish your max, and then you'd have to go and basically do another max hundred. So that was extremely tiring. I literally felt like I was going to be sick. And then we had to do three or four rounds of that. So that was really hard. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Now, mate, talk to me about race plans. I, I love a good race plan. I love the fact that we've talked about the IM that, you know, different strokes for different folks and, and everyone can play it a little bit differently. Say for a hundred meter butterfly, what do you and your coach talk about race plan wise? Is it detailed Or, you know, when you walk out behind the blocks, is it, you know, concentrate on these three things? What's your race plan?
1: Um, So me and Nick generally talk about our race plan when we're in training. So I practice my race plan more when I'm in training and get my head around what I'm meant to be doing. And then when I go to race, it's like three short sharp things or just basically have fun with it. And um, so I'm not getting too nervous and too psyched up. So then I always know my kind of race plan in the back of my head. And it's mainly don't go out too fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Easy speed in the first 25, 35 meters and then really crank it on the um, last 50 to yeah. Keep my stroke rate kind of at that 56 around about there. Yeah.
0: Obviously for the hundred fly long course, you've got one turn. How much work do you do on your, on your turns in your underwater?
1: A lot of work because I'm a lot better at underwater than I am at the swimming part of the race. So <laughs> try and really max out, try to get as close as 15 without going past. Don't want to get disqualified, but yeah, close to there as I can.
0: Given you love your skills, mate. What, what about your short course? Is that what some of your favorite times to race?
1: Yes. I absolutely love short course racing. All of the turns are really good. A uh, lot of underwater. So can really work my skills and, um yeah, it's just – it's really quick, over and done with, really really quick racing. And, um, yeah, you get a little bit dizzy because there's a lot of turns. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> Try being like a 1500 swimmer.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't do it. I would lose count. I <laughs> cannot count in a – Twenty-five metre pool saved
0: my life. I'm I not don't blame you. I'm with you. I, I don't know. If I I lose count when my own swimmers are in the pool. People, the coaches next to me have to tip me off to say they're coming up to the end. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, eight hey, 2019 Junior World Champs Budapest. Um, you know, definitely, you came off some good form at, at the nationals uh, at national age, and and then you you took that into there. Some big moments for you, obviously being a part of the relays. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for for people who don't get those sort of experiences give us a little insight into how different that experience was we'll get to the racing in a second but in terms of just you know walking into the center the warm-ups the cool downs um, being around all the other athletes how different is that from anything you'd sort of experienced before
1: yeah there was so many people there there's so many different languages that are spoken spoken and um it was really quite intimidating i felt really nervous walking in because um yeah I'd never done something with that many people there, so many eyes on you racing and felt really, really nervous. So um but it was really exciting to be there. Um there was just so many yeah just so many people there, so many eyes on you, uh racing. But yeah, warm down and cool warm up and cool down were very different because there's a lot more people Warming up and cooling down, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Did
0: anyone look after you, mate? Like, this is obviously your first sort of big, big trip there. Did anyone, could have been a coach, could have been a swimmer who's who's experienced in, in that um, environment. Did anyone sort of take you under their wing and give you some some advice, and words of wisdom?
1: Um, well, Nick came with me because I had another one of our swimmers, Noah Millard, who was with us up there. So, yeah, we were both there. So, Nick my coach got to come up there with us. So that was really good. Yeah, he he knew how I trained and what I needed to do. So that made it a lot easier and more familiar. So I could just, you know, understand what I had to do and a bit more homey as well.
0: That is perfect for you. I, I think something that a lot of obviously swimming people know, but the people outside of swimming don't really understand is sometimes when you guys make teams, your coach doesn't get picked on that team. So, you know, for some people they're on there, like their first ever Olympic team. They've never been involved with, you know, the, the team that they're with, that's getting to access to new coaches. This is the biggest ex- ex- experience of their life and the person that they always go to. For advice and to calm them down isn't there. Although sometimes you know people buy tickets and scam their way around to, to get <laughs> access as well. Anyway, but yeah, that was um, very fortunate for you that uh, Nick got to go with you, eh?
1: Yeah, I was really, really thankful because um, yeah, he really knows how I train, and it was really, really good. But there were so many other coaches that I also got to meet that were really amazing and really nice, and gave you a different perspective on how you were training and like technique and stuff. So that was Really, really good, and just so many other people—really, really amazing people on that team. And I yeah. made some really, really close friendships. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, racing-wise, um, you must have been pretty stoked. you, you know—you got to be a part of the relays with the girls, and I think the four by two and the four by one relays um, eventuated into medals as well. You were in the heat swims of those. How fun was that to be with the girls? And how much of a good experience was it to to watch the finals as well and get that experience?
1: Yeah, it was really, really good to watch the finals because I just got to cheer on our girls in the 4x2 and the 4x1. But swimming the heats was really, really good because we were all trying to cheer, like, I don't know, really good camaraderie and psych each other up to race really well. And I I was quite nervous to race that relay, like really, really nervous. Um, So it was really good to just have the girls there and just calm me down and really, really good just – yeah
0: i'm glad you mentioned that that's going to be my next question like a lot of the times people will say that relays are a bit more relaxing because they're around their mates and and it's you know um a bit of fun but there's also another element that i was speaking to tommy neal about yesterday where you don't want to let your teammates down though so there's that yeah. added pressure of like okay well it's not just me that i'm gonna let down now if i don't do well i have got to let these three girls down for you yeah, is, is that I, was, there, was that where the nerves came from
1: yeah, and I think one of them was my first race. So I was really, like, uh, there. So I was really, really nervous. And, yeah, I really didn't want to let the team down and either not make the final or something like that. So, yeah, I was really trying to try my hardest and just give it a crack. And I really wanted to put in my all for the team. So, yeah.
0: Now, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, age groups swimming and, and open swimming, I think you've mentioned there you've just turned 18. Um, you know, to the letter of the law in Australian swimming. Now you're an open swimmer. That's, that's how you've got, you've got to compete, but do you feel like that at the moment? Do you feel like you're still transitioning from being an age group swimmer to an open swimmer and and how comfortable would you be now to say, walk out on pool deck in a final of a, an open um, national champs?
1: I think I'm a little bit more comfortable with it now, but I definitely think I am still transitioning from age to open a little bit more. So yeah, just trying to swim more in an open environment and trying to get used to, it, like, all of the competitors. And, yeah, it's – because you're not in the age group, you don't have everyone with the same age. So, it's quite intimidating being in the open. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and balancing school and training at elite level, uh, it's never easy. You yourself, uh, I think you're just finishing school this year. I think you, we were talking before, and uh, your final exams are, like, in November. Firstly, I want to ask, has coronavirus helped with that, though? Because we've had to have time away from swimming. All major competitions have finished. So you really had time to, I guess, crack on with schoolwork and get stuck into that. Did that help?
1: Um, So at the start of this year, I was actually doing year 12 over two years. So I was only doing two subjects in term one. So as soon as everything was cancelled, I emailed my, one of my teachers and I was like, is there any chance that I can pick up two more subjects so I can finish this year? Um, and so thankful that that was able to happen so I could finish year 12 this year. But it's a bit, it's a bit stressful because I have yeah. to catch up on um, all the stuff I missed in term one. But I'm very, very thankful that I can finish this year.
0: Well, outside of coronavirus, because hopefully, fingers crossed, this doesn't continue to happen, <laughs> for people at home who, you know, might struggle with finding the, that balance um, and quite often, you know, as a coach, I hear it all the time and we'll talk about certainly when swimmers are getting to that 16, 17-year-old age that they need to be doing at least eight swimming sessions and you couple onto that some gym sessions. And the, the response sometimes will be, oh, I just can't find the time. I'm really busy. I've got school. I've got this. I've got that. How have you found... Mm-hmm that balance.
1: Um, it actually took me a long time to find that balance between swimming and school because I loved going I love going to training and um having that swimming because I love the routine, but I also needed a lot of time to study. Um so I generally do all of most of my study on the weekend and try and find little bits of time to see when I can study and basically just try and plan earlier. So you know exactly what you need to do when, and it just makes it a lot easier because you know what you need to do and when you need to do it.
0: Yeah, you know what's coming up. You can get ahead of it. You can Mm. plan around that. Yeah. Yeah. And know
1: which weeks you need to a lot more study because you've got SACs or um, assessments on those weeks. So you need a little bit more study time or you need to drop a session here or I can pick it up in the next week. So yeah, just try and plan out your weeks a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. I think that's great advice, mate. Now, away from the pool, what do you get up to? What do you like to do to, to have a bit of fun and relax and, and de-stress?
1: Um, I really like to go catch up with my friends and go shopping. Um, I love doing, like, arts and crafts as well. So, like, I paint and make a lot of collages and draw. So, there's a lot of things that I really like to do. And baking, Baking's fun.
0: Baking, yes. Now, you said you listened to the Bronte um, interview the other day. What about getting into some pottery? I know she loves her pottery.
1: Yes, I know she does love her pottery. I've seen a lot of her um, videos as well on Instagram of her doing pottery. Mm. It actually looks really, really cool. I don't know whether I have all the equipment for that, but it seems like a lot of fun.
0: What shocked me was she keeps everything she makes. and To me, I was like, well, surely there's some, like, stuff you make that you're like meh (laughs) just chuck that and she's like no no we keep everything we make and she even had like a pencil holder that she had just sitting on her desk which was like literally this little thing that obviously was just like an off cut but she'd made it into a (laughs) pencil holder so uh yeah very creative
1: yeah i'm a bit of a perfectionist so if it's not like exactly how i want it i'm like oh how to know
0: (laughs) yeah it'd be it'd be getting turfed but it was me she's a lot more patient than i am obviously now (laughs) yeah I like to finish uh, a lot of these chats, mate, with some less serious questions because to be honest with you, all of that is fantastic and it's great about swimming, but anyone that's listening to, to this that wants to get to know you a little bit better is going to get way more out of these next few questions um, than yeah. what we've just talked about in terms of you know how you are away from the pool. So uh, they're pretty rapid fire and you know, as I say it, whatever first comes to your head, you throw the answer back to me okay all right you're ready to go so first one is what's your favorite music or, or artist who do you listen to what type of music do you like
1: oh i like a lot of rap um which is a little bit different but um yeah couldn't really say an artist but um
0: is there anyone with the um it starts with lil lil oozy so bad lil- at
1: names <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. I just listen to a lot of rap in the background, and um, Cardi B as well. Yeah.
0: No, that's <laughs> yeah, good.
1: I listen to quite a few of that. So no, yeah,
0: she, she she's very good. Um, my daughter um, loves that song. I like it like that. You know that song? I like it yes. like that. Anytime that comes on, my daughter who's nearly two, she just starts dancing around. She loves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brings me to an interesting question though, which I've, I forgot to ask you. Um, in terms of like when you come out behind the blocks, do you listen to music? Do you have like a pre-race playlist that you listen to?
1: Um, I kind of listen to quite a few different things as well, um, especially when I'm racing. So I also listen to Linkin Park, mm-hmm. um, like Bleed It Out and everything like that. And that really helps. So behind the block, something that's really like upbeat, just get me in the mood. And But I only have one earphone in so I can talk to feel the people in the marshalling room and yeah behind the blocks it's mainly just jump a few times slap my arms a little bit you know get them warmed up because i'll probably be a little bit cold and yeah
0: (laughs) lincoln park um i I love lincoln park and one of my favorites is obviously one step closer so does does that not make you a bit too aggressive Uh, it would make me look around at my competitors and just think all right this is it let's go
1: a little bit, yeah, a little bit, because <laughs> they're all my friends. But um, yeah, you do kind of want to do your best in the end. So
0: absolutely, <laughs> it's all it's all fun and games behind the blocks. But when you hear boop, <laughs> eight, all bets are off.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: mate. What about your favourite movies? I, I won't limit it to one. What are some of your favourite movies you like to watch?
1: Um, hmm. I really like rom coms. Yeah. <laughs> Any rom com. Um, but I also really, really like Shawshank Redemption.
0: Yeah, I think that's movie. a
1: really, really good movie and such a classic. Um, and I also love she's the man. If you've ever seen that, it's like,
0: <laughs> unfortunately I have, but yes, no, <laughs> I think uh, that movie um, made a lasting impression on, uh, Amanda Bynes. Cause she went pretty crazy after that, didn't she? Yeah. You know, but, she did yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Um, <laughs> Mate, obviously, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Swimmers love their meals. They love a good feed because you work so hard that you need to keep fueling your body. What are some of your favorite meals to have?
1: Um, anything with pasta or rice, really. So lasagna, spaghetti bolognese, anything like that. Um, oh, our family really loves curry as well. So yeah. anything like that, I'll always look forward to a meal like that. <laughs>
0: Now, I don't know how, how many other countries you've been to, but I know you've, you've been to Budapest, as I said. Do you have any favourite countries? Have you been anywhere else other than Budapest out of Australia?
1: Um, I've been to quite a few places. Uh, my mum's side of the family actually live in England, so we usually go up um, almost every year to go see them. So I always go there quite a few times. Um, we've been to Rome. Uh, Great
0: place, Rome. Did you like yes. that? Yes.
1: That was amazing. That was really, really pretty. and. Very touristy, so I was glad I was kind of in my element. But, yeah, it was very, very nice and really good landmarks and stuff.
0: About favourite TV shows to binge watch, and you would have had a bit of time during all of this corona stuff. Have you been binge watching anything?
1: Uh, I have been binge watching a few things. Um, I really love SVU on uh, Foxtel, and at Mm -hmm. the moment I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Dynasty, what else? Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl.
0: Well, you had me at the first two and you've lost me after that, but I'm, <laughs> I, I'm with you on SVU. I love it. And um, Brooklyn 9 is fantastic as well, but yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, okay. We mentioned this before we started. I'm going to ask it anyway. What about TikTok? Do you have a favorite? You know, do you follow anyone that you, you like? How do you go on TikTok?
1: Um, I am not great at TikTok. I if it was going to be a dance or something, I'm not amazing at it. I get the first few moves and then I get a little bit lost. Um, but yeah, I like to watch other people doing them pretty good. Uh, I generally love the comedy a lot much more than the dancing. So I don't know if really, I really follow many people on there, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at creating them. No, yeah, No,
0: it's all right, mate, to be honest. I can't get involved in it as we talked about before. It's, it's not my cup of tea, but I, I ask the questions for the people and I know a lot of it's very popular out there. So I thought I'd throw it out there. Now, um, another question I'd like to finish with is, and when I get you back on the podcast in say two or three years' time, um, you know by then you are twenty twenty one. What accomplishments would you like me to be adding at that top? So I've already started with you know national age champion. You've been to the junior world champs. What else would you like me to be putting at the top? And obviously not putting pressure on yourself, but this is just goals and aspirations. Obviously,
1: um, in the future, I would really really love to make the olympics one day i don't know whether it'll be in two or three years because we don't know whether it's going to be cancelled or not but um yeah i would really just love to make a senior team that would just be amazing and i'd really really my first senior team that i want to make would be the world short course Mm -hmm. team that because i think that would give me a really good step up into the international open arena so yeah something along those lines and just making the team first and then have my expectations after
0: that. (laughs) Absolutely. Mate, well, as I said, I think you're well on your way. Um, I think you're an absolute talent in the pool and, and what you've been able to achieve so far is fantastic and I think you're definitely on the road to to achieving those goals. No doubt. Um, I think it's a great time to wrap it up there while I'm pumping up your tires. Um, (laughs) thank you very much for coming on. As I said, I know you guys are back into training now and although, you know, Melbourne's in lockdown, you're still being able to get to the pool and come back and you've got other stuff going on. So appreciate you taking the time to come on for a chat. Good luck over the next say nine to even 12 months and and racing. You've got steak that will, that'll be up. Um, you guys have it early next year.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think
0: so. And then obviously Open Nationals and and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, good luck with all of that over the next few years and definitely we'll keep in touch and hopefully I can get you back on for another chat. But until then, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swim podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Today's
0: episode of Off The Block Swimming podcast is proudly powered as always by Pro Swim Workouts. Now, coming your way tomorrow is an episode that is a must for all listeners of Off The Block Swimming Podcast as I go one-on-one with arguably one of the greatest swimming coaches of all time. He is the man behind names like Ryan Lochte and, of course, Caleb Dressel, and he's a man who has coached 68 Olympians in his career so far. Yes, I'm talking about the legend that is Mr. Greg Troy definitely one you will not want to miss. Make sure you jump on board, guys, and have a listen tomorrow. Until then, have a great day, keep smiling, and it's bye for now.